What must I do to be saved? It's probably the most important question you'll ever ask yourself, and I hope and pray that you do ask that question at some point in your life. And maybe you're tuning into this episode right now because you are asking that question. Now, what must I do to be saved? We're going to address this question as if you are somebody that you believe the God of the Bible, you believe the Bible, you believe Jesus Christ, you have a general understanding of the gospel, perhaps, and you're coming at this with the question of, well, okay, if these things are true, what do I need to do to be saved? We're going to look at one of the examples in the book of Acts where this question is asked and answered. Surprisingly, the Bible tells us directly what you must do to be saved. Different people and different religious groups Uh, Under the term Christianity, that is, how man has ran away with it and and remade it in their own image, a lot of these people that identify as Christian will give you a different answer to this question. But what's silly is the Bible tells us directly what we must do to be saved, and many times it tells you what we must do to be saved, and it's always the same answer. That's why you see throughout the book of Acts, people in these conversion stories always respond to the gospel the same way. And you also have different verses throughout the New Testament that will tell you directly what must, what one must do to be saved. But we're going to look at Acts chapter 16, and we're going to start at verse 30 specifically. I recommend you go back and read the context. But to put it in a brief context, very rough, here is this guy asking the Apostle Paul what he must do to be saved. Let's just keep it at that. I recommend you go, again, Read the full context to better appreciate the story and make sure I'm not fibbing to you. (laughs) That's important to do. Moving on. Acts chapter 16, verse 30. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, that is, he's addressing Paul and Silas, says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And you know what's amazing? Paul answers this question. He says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, one thing I want to stop and say here. A lot of people will take this passage to address what one must do to be saved, and they'll only read verses 30 and 31. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus. But you need to understand the passage doesn't end there. It continues. But also, I ask you this question. Paul and Silas are addressing this Greek jailer, right? This guy that asked the question, what must I do to be saved? Now, he was told to believe in the Lord Jesus. Do you suppose this Greek, this Greek jailer, or Roman jailer, I should say, pardon me, do you think he even knows anything about Jesus at this point? I mean, he knows Paul and Silas were thrown in prison because they were preaching this name of Jesus. He had heard them singing songs praising God in their jail cell, but this jailer probably knows nothing about Jesus or the gospel. And so when Paul tells him, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. This jailer's probably thinking, okay, who's Jesus and what exactly do I need to believe? And we can see that in the context. That's exactly what happens. Moving on into verse 32. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his household. See, Paul and Silas are now going to tell him what he needs to believe about Jesus. What about Jesus is it he needs to believe in order to be saved? You see in verse 32 that Paul and Silas explained the gospel to him. Obviously, we need to hear the gospel. It's the power of God to save. We can't just believe that Jesus existed. It goes further than that to have saving faith. And again, it continues, and he, that is the jailer, in verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and his whole family. Now watch this. 
Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Now it was at that point, at the end of verse 34, that it was counted to him as believed in God. He was told in order to be saved, he needed to believe. And in verse 34, we see that it was finally counted to him as having saving faith. He was celebrating because he had believed in God. Now, what happened between verses 31 and 34? 31, he was told to believe in Jesus, right? And in 34, we see that he did. What happened in between? Well, we see in 32, he, he heard the gospel, and then he was baptized. He responded to the gospel. He had faith, and he took action. He believed the gospel, and he responded in the way the gospel deems necessary in order to be saved. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, it perfectly fits in with the Great Commission of Mark chapter 16, verse 16, when it says, Believe and be baptized, and you will be saved. See, we hear, uh, excuse me, we see that right here in this passage of Acts 16, verse 30 through 34, where this man believed the gospel, and he was baptized, and thus he was saved. And his whole family responded too, which is all the merrier, of course. That's why it's important for men to respond to the gospel too, because we're uh, supposed to be the spiritual leaders of our home, though we often neglect that duty. But when we're spiritual leaders of our own home, naturally our family is going to be more likely to hear and respond to the gospel. Uh, Lord willing, of course, it's not necessarily uh, every case, of course, because everybody has their own mind and opportunity of free will, which is great. Thank God for that gift. But the point is, we see that one must believe the word as fact, and one must respond with action. Another great example is Noah and the flood. God told him, Noah, there's going to be a flood, but I will save you, but in order for that to happen, you must build an ark. In other words, Noah believed God's word, and he responded with action, an action that God commanded in order to be saved. Another great example would be Nahum in, is it First or Second Kings? Forgive me, I don't have this reference written down. But it's the man who had leprosy, and he went to go see Elisha, and Elisha said, uh, you need to go dunk in the Jordan seven times, and your leprosy will be cleansed. He had faith, he went and took action, and he was cleansed, dipping in the water. Likewise, we're told in order to be saved, we must believe God, count his word as fact, believe what he says, and respond to it with faith by going into the waters of baptism in order to be saved. We see this throughout the whole book of Acts. A great example, too, one that's specific to you and I, Acts chapter 2, verse 21 says, For as many as you call on the, or excuse me, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, uh, For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, if you're like this jailer in Acts 16, you're probably asking, great, how do I call on the name of the Lord? If I have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved, uh, how do I do that? Well, Peter answers it in Acts 2 when he says in verse 21, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. In verse 37 of Acts 2, those listening to Peter ask, okay, what, what must we do? And Peter says, I'm glad you asked. In verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, their sins were going to be forgiven when they repented and were baptized into the authority of Jesus Christ, into the authority of God. And likewise, we see in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Why do you wait, rise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord? You see, calling on the name of the Lord isn't some Billy Graham prayer 
forgive me for calling him out specifically, but he's like the founder of this sinner's prayer. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible says if you want to be saved, you need to call in the name of the Lord, which I believe we all can agree on. And then the Bible tells us how to do that. Believe the gospel, turn away from your sins by deciding now to follow Jesus and surrender to him and his will, and be baptized. It's at baptism you unite with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, raised to walk in newness of life, born again in the water of spirit, John 3, 4, and your sins are washed away. That's when you call on the name of the Lord. And so if you're listening tonight and you're wondering, what must I do to be saved? It's as simple as this. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to this earth, died on the cross for your sins, was resurrected on the third day, is now sitting on the throne of David, and will add you to his kingdom if you believe this message and respond in faith and baptism and surrendering your life to Christ's will instead of our own turning away from our sins daily, and continuing to live faithful to our King Jesus. And you will be added, again, at baptism, you're added to His church, which is the kingdom of God, the unified body of the saved. And It's as simple as that. Believe this message, respond to the gospel by being baptized. Believe that there is a judgment and respond by building an ark. I mean that allegorically, of course. You don't need to go build an ark tonight. But the point is, the church is the ark, and you can be added to the saving ark that Christ built with his death, burial, and resurrection by being baptized and then continuing to live faithfully. Now, I know live faithfully is such a simple term for a whole life surrendered to God, and perhaps we can do a couple episodes that dive deeper into that simple term of live faithfully, because it's a lot deeper than that. And I don't mean deeper as in more difficult than that, like something you should stress over, but I wouldn't be doing a justice to the word saving faith by simply just saying, oh, live faithfully. Well, what does that mean? Do I just go to church now? Or, you know, what does that mean? And that's a great question too, because 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says we need to continue to walk in the light as Christ is in the light and his blood will continue to cleanse us of all sins. In other words, we need to live faithfully. How can we do that? Well, we'll look at that in another time. But for now, what must you do to be saved? Believe the gospel and respond in baptism.